This program is part of the Cosmic Potato Podcast Network. For more shows like this, visit our website at CosmicPotato.com. We interrupt this program to annoy you and make things generally irritating. Welcome to Cosmic Potato. The Super Fan Talk Podcast. Easy peasy lemon squeezy. We've got you covered with everything from Marvel to Star Wars. I'm glad you asked that because I wanted to take this time to explain my evil plan. Classic films, trivia games, and beyond. Come to the coast and get together, have a few laughs. Now, on with the show. Keep the change, you filthy animal. Hey everybody, welcome to Cosmic Potato, the Super Fan Talk Podcast, the show that knows that trick-or-treating as a child is just a loan on candy that you pay back yearly in adulthood. My name is Sean Ray, and sitting across the virtual table from me is the guy that has the Party City ad with the sexy Chewbacca costume in his pocket right now, John Irons. How are you, sir? Are you saying there's a sexy Chewbacca in my pocket? I'm saying that you have the Party City (laughs) ad. That's a real... That's a foul euphemism, my friend. Yeah. <laughs> I, that's not what I said. <laughs> you, <laughs> I said you have the Party City ad with the picture of Sexy Chewbacca in your pocket. And this, the, uh, the joke... He does still have Sexy Chewbacca in his pocket. Yeah. The, jo- the joke's not funny when you explain it that much. It's just... <laughs> I know, but it's so much funnier when I explain it that way. Yeah. <laughs> and also joining us is uh, one of the hosts of Wait You've Never Seen that can be here, heard uh, right here on CosmicPotato.com, Virginia Pickle. How are you? Sometimes when you call, I let Skype ring just a little bit so I can like jam to the music. <laughs> <laughs> you really like the, the <laughs> Skype ring music. <laughs> it's it's pretty it's like catchy. I can't I don't know what to tell you. <laughs> and we have a blast from the past, somebody that we haven't talked to in a while, writer for Slash Film and one of the hosts of the Millennial Falcon. Hi Chambuli, how are you? What up? <laughs> what up, Pete? <laughs> uh, what up? What up, y'all? <laughs> no. I would forget I said that. <laughs> uh, I'm good. I'm good. I'm preparing actually for a move to New York right now. Oh wow! You all heard awesome. it here. I'm, yeah. mo- I'm moving as well, but I'm not moving to New York. I'm moving five minutes down the street. <laughs> I'm heading to the Big Apple. Yeah, da- that, like the downtown area of New York. No, I'm going to Queens. Oh, so well. it will be very far from downtown New York. <laughs> Everywhere in New York is far from each other. Yeah, that's not that far. It's relatively it's not that far good. It's fine. <laughs> it's a stone's throw. <laughs> um so this is our official Halloween episode. Last week we did a Halloween theme because we were doing the classic monster movies for the classic series. But um we are doing best in show tonight. We're gonna do like a Halloween version of Best in Show, so we're gonna do horror movies and things like that. But before we do that I have a little bit of a surprise. Uh, this is a surprise for John because, okay. though he hasn't said anything, <laughs> is this another ambush game show. <laughs> no, I thought about doing that, but I'm not uh, uh, talented enough to come up with enough questions for a whole for a whole show. But um, he hasn't said anything. But as we're recording this, John's birthday is in a couple of days, 
And my first idea, like I said, was to do what Rick did and just take over the show and do like a cosmic game show or something like that. But I was too lazy to come up with three whole rounds of wordplay and stuff like that. So I took one of my favorite games that John plays on Captain Game Show and created a Halloween themed version for us to play here on the show tonight. So in honor of John's birthday, this is Natural Born Sequels. Oh, okay. Okay. I will describe a horror movie sequel. Uh, you tell me what it's called. What it's called. You'll and John can probably explain the rules a lot better than I can. <laughs> you'll uh, you'll find that the sequel blends itself nicely with the names of other films. For example, if I said in this sequel to the classic werewolf film starring Lon Chaney, the title character finds out that he's really the last survivor of another planet known as Krypton, then you would say. The Wolf Man of Steel. Steel. Yeah. <laughs> so that is natural. That's not. That's, that's not how the game goes. That's not how the game goes. <laughs> <laughs> that's how this version of the game goes. Yeah, I like it. I like it. Okay. This is the reason that Sean doesn't host game shows. He can't even remember the names of the games. The game that he wants to play is actually more closely related to dark and gritty kid stuff. But he didn't even really do that right. Oh well. He did make it Halloween-themed, so at least he got that part right. All right, so, um, <laughs> so all right, so I have enough of these to where these are going to be assigned, and if there's a tie, we're not going to do a tiebreaker because it doesn't really matter. So, <laughs> so the uh, so the first one, I'll go to John for the first one since this is uh, for his birthday. Do I, do I get points for the example question? Uh, sure, I'll give you a point. Let me write down it. John, Virginia, HD. Okay. John gets a point. Okay. First question, John. Uh The monster from the famous found footage horror film from 2008 travels to the Midwest where he discovers that the ghost of his father is living in a cornfield. I thought that was going to be Oh, oh, oh. um, Cloverfield of Dreams. Cloverfield of Dreams, yes. Uh... I was thinking of the other found footage and i was like that's not that At 2008 yeah from 2008 yeah yeah all right virginia yes after world war ii a young girl that has escaped the nazis falls in love with science and discovers that she has the ability to bring dead <laughs> bodies back to life she has the ability to what bring body dead bodies back to life I'm sorry, say the first part again. After World War II, a young girl that has escaped the Nazis falls in love with science and discovers that she has the ability to bring dead bodies back to life. Ah, Anne Frankenstein. Yeah, the diary of Anne Frankenstein. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, hi, Chan. I'm not going to be good at this game. (laughs) (laughs) After the film where a group of kids accidentally hit a man with their car and kill him, and then they're viciously stalked for it. One of them has a coming-of-age story where he falls in love with an older woman. Travis still. Uh, okay. Is it? <laughs> you, want me to repeat it? you want me to repeat it? I is the first one. I know what you did last summer. And Harold and Maud. But... No, no, close. John, you wanted to steal. Yeah, I don't know what it is, but I'm gonna guess. Okay. Uh, I, 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 yeah, I think you're right. I think the first one is I know what you did last summer, and I'm trying to think of various 
movies that I've never seen that I've heard the titles of that might be this plot. So I'm going to say it's like, I know what you did last summer of 69. No, Virginia. I know what you did last summer, love. No. I know what you did last summer in the sun. (laughs) Virginia. (laughs) He's just going to keep going, you know. (laughs) Virginia, you want to give it a shot? I, I was gonna say summer of love, so no, yeah, it's, no. I know what you did last summer of forty two. No. <laughs> I don't even know that second movie. Yeah. Summer either. of forty two is a it, it's it's about a, a teenager coming of age story where he falls in love with an older woman. So okay, um, this one goes to John. After a young chicken saves the world from an alien invasion, he finds <laughs> a plant that he nurtures to adulthood before it starts eating people. Chicken Little Shop of Horrors. Yes, that is it. All right, uh, Virginia. Mm-hmm. Jordan Peele's sequel to his breakout horror film that touches on the topic of racism takes a weird turn with when Steven Seagal shows up as a police detective that's vowing to get revenge for the murder of his partner. Oh my god, I have no idea what Seagal? the second one is. I don't know what the second one is at all. Okay, John, did you want to try? <laughs> Uh, is it a three-word title? No. Oh. Uh, get outlandish. No. <laughs> get Hi-ching, you want to try? out. Get out for a kill. No, it's get out for justice. Uh, I mean, it could have been anything. Really All these Steven yeah. Seagal movies. Just yeah. Like... All right. So it's. I asked uh, you for the three-word title. You said no. It's not out get for justice out. Three words. The answer is get out for justice. That's four oh, words. But dude, I was talking about the Steven Seagal movie. <laughs> I know get out is two words. I got that part. Okay, sorry. <laughs> <laughs> it's his birthday, Sean. You should give okay. him the point. I'll give John a I'll give John a half a no, point for that. Give me the point because I didn't actually get the answer right. I'm just saying. <laughs> I'll give John a half a point. Okay. <laughs> All right. So whose turn? That was Virginia, right? Okay. So hi, Chan. Uh, Denzel Washington plays a man who uh, takes a potion that takes the color out of his skin to the point that he can't be seen. He becomes a bodyguard bent on revenge after a small child is kidnapped. Mm, the hint okay, is... Something is lying a fire here. Mm, right. Oh, man on fire. Sorry. Man on... I don't right. know. You're almost there. It's, it's the guy who takes the potion, on... and so you can't see him. Can't see him. I don't know. It's the something man on fire. <laughs> In, oh, invisible man on fire. The invisible man on fire. Yes. Okay. All right, John. Yeah. Um, no, actually, you should give it to Virginia because the question that you gave to HT should have been. You assigned a question to me, and you thought it was for Virginia, so this one can be for Virginia. Okay, I'm lost. But okay, Virginia. Yes. Um, a woman finds out that her baby is the result of cult rituals. And, uh, wait a minute, let me read that again. A woman fi- that finds out that her baby is the result of cult rituals uh, and and gives him to, gives the baby to a man. I wrote this wrong. Oh, wow. Okay, so she, <laughs> she gives the baby her baby her baby is the result of cult rituals. She gives the baby to a man who trains him to be the getaway driver for a group of robbers. Um, 
I'm almost scared to ask you to repeat it. (laughs) (laughs) I'll read it one more time. A woman finds out that her baby is the result of cult rituals. She gives the baby to a man who trains him to be the getaway driver for a group of robbers. Rosemary's baby face. Mm. I have no idea. That was close. John, it's for the steal. Rosemary's baby driver. Rosemary's baby driver, Uh. yeah. Okay. Okay, so this one goes to HT. Um... A man is hired as an English teacher and tries to reach a group of young men all living at a boys' boarding school. The only problem is that they're all zombies. Goodwill hunting something. No. <laughs> no. Oh, <laughs> Anybody else want to try? Damn. What's the name of that movie? I have no idea. Yeah, I keep thinking my captain, well, captain, my captain. Yeah, I know, movie. right? Uh, um. Oh. Um, Night of the Living Dead Poet Society. That's it. Night of the Living ah, Dead Poet Society. Poet Society. Okay. Oh, sorry, I, for- ah, I forgot I got, about that one. Yeah. I got one more. So this one goes to John. Um, Clark Griswold wants an old-fashioned holiday like when he was a kid, but this one is ruined by a caller that keeps ca- keeps luring his family members upstairs so he can kill them. Caller, um, a caller like someone who calls on the phone. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, there's a good chance that I've not seen this movie. Um, National Lampoon's Scream. No. <laughs> <laughs> Anybody else want to steal? What was it again? Sorry, I did like. Okay. Clark Griswold wants an, wants an old-fashioned holiday like when he was a kid. But this one is ruined because a caller keeps luring his family members upstairs so he can kill them. I don't know the second part. Okay. Yeah. It's Black Christmas Vacation. Oh, never saw it. Yeah. <laughs> Y'all never... That, yeah. Wait, wait, you've never seen Black Christmas? <laughs> <laughs> okay, well... John had the most points, so I guess technically he wins, but the points don't matter, so. <laughs> he wins anyways, because it's his birthday. It's his birthday. Exactly. He's 25. Thanks. <laughs> we'll return after these messages. Hey, you listener. Do I have everybody's attention now? Do you like professional wrestling? What? If so, you'll love review mania where Rob and Zach break down every WrestleMania. You'll hear about great epic matches by the likes of Hulk Hogan. And what's it gonna do when Hulkamania and the largest arms in the world run wild on you? Macho Man Randy Savage. Oh yeah! Ric Flair. Just stealing! Woo! Wheeling, dealing! Limousine like Jet Flag! Son of a gun! Bret Hart. The best there is, the best there was, and the best there ever will be! Shawn Michaels. Red Heart, you are a zero, my hero. John Cena. The champ is here! Brock Lesnar. Suplex City, bitch. And so many more that I don't have time to even name. Check out Review Mania right here on CosmicPotato.com or on iTunes, Stitcher, SoundCloud, Spreaker. It's a happening. Right here on Cosmic Potato. 
Hey everybody, I'm Troy. And I'm AJ. And we are the hosts of the World War G podcast, along with Colton, but he's not here right now. Yeah, so pay no attention. Uh, and we're a podcast about everything geek. We talk about uh, movies, television, video games, comic books. Uh, we got movie commentaries, the occasional taste tests, like these lovely pina colada Oreos. Just don't try the Coke ones. No. Dang. What do we say after that? <laughs> Dang it. Um, so oh, okay. I'm, 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 yeah, yeah. yeah. And you can find us right here at CosmicPotato.com or at WorldWarG.Podbean.com. Or wherever else you get your podcasting fix. And as always... Stay geeky, my friends. Yeah! <laughs> Hi, this is Virginia Hay, and you're listening to Cosmic Potato. Okay, so we're going to move into our topic, which is best in show. And uh, what we normally do with this is we take uh, tropes and things that you find a lot in movies... And uh, we talk about some of the movies and TV shows that actually did them right. And we're doing like a Halloween version tonight. So we're going to be talking about the best monster or ghost or both. Uh, We're also going to be talking about the best use of the final girl trope or the scream queen trope. And uh, we're also going to be talking about the best scenes from the monster or killer's point of view. Uh, so we're, we'll start with best monsters and ghosts. So uh, I will. Hold on, my wife just walked in. What? Nothing. <laughs> he just walked in to look at me. <laughs> okay. Okay. Since uh, Hi Chan hasn't been on the show in a while, we'll start with her. Best monster or ghost? Yeah. Um, I am going to go with Frankenstein's monster, the, a classic. The symbol of humanity's hubris, and uh, ultimately the ultimate victim. <laughs> um, that's a good. I mean, ha- have you seen that movie like recently? In the last yeah, few actually years? watched it earlier this year, and uh, I love it. It's so gothic and good, and very macabre. So I'm I'm a huge fan of it. I also read the book shortly before I or shortly after I watched it. So I had uh, the monster very ingrained in my head and mm. I think he's one of the best ones and the way that um, Boris Karloff plays him this lumbering almost zombie like creature is uh, so good and so iconic yeah that's one of those movies that um, it came out before the Hayes Code took effect which the Hayes Code was like all these rules of uh, censorship and things like that that started in the in the 50s and that movie came out in the 30s so that stuff didn't affect it until they started re-releasing it because back then you know we didn't have they didn't have vcrs and dvd players and stuff so if there was a movie that you loved that you wanted to see again you had to wait until it came out again and they would re-release all these movies every few years or something like that so when it originally came out it was a lot darker than it was when it came out during the Hayes code time because they re-edited it and and i don't know if you've ever seen the re-edited version but uh there's a scene in Frankenstein where he meets this little girl and she's throwing flower petals into the water and he picks her up and throws her in the water. Yeah, it's a harrowing scene. Yeah, and in the in in the re-edit that they did in the Hayes Code uh time, 
you did not get the fact that she that he killed her right there. You know, it almost looked comedic. It was almost a funny scene. Um, but if you watch the original version, it's very clear he killed her, and that's that's why the villagers are going after him. It's because he killed this little girl. So, yeah, it wouldn't make sense if they uh, if they took that out completely because that's the impetus of the final act of the film, in which you know the mob becomes the most monstrous part of all and mm-hmm. drive yeah. him into the into the windmill, I think it was. And uh yeah, it was um he there was also an edited ending where um Frankenstein was supposed to die at the end of that fight. Mm-hmm. But because of the success of that film they actually changed the ending so that he lives and they can have Brighter Frankenstein a little few years later. Yeah. Yeah, we talked about that, uh, John, last week with the Wolfman because, you know, it's very clear at the end of the Wolfman that he's dead, and yet they come out with a sequel, with, and it's not a different Wolfman, it's the same Wolfman <laughs> a couple of years later, right? Have, uh, John, Virginia, have you guys ever seen uh, Frankenstein? Yeah, but it's, I, I mean, forever ago. Yeah. Yeah. Same. I, I started to put it on the list for last week, but the audience chose differently. <laughs> but uh, okay, uh, Virginia, what about you? What's a what's a good monster or ghost? Um. Well, the there is. Um, I'm not sure how to pronounce her name because I watched this movie once and it terrified me. And that's Samara or Samara from The Ring. Samara. I think Samara. both. I think both of those are correct. Actually, I think it's yeah. I think yeah. it's Samara, but. It probably doesn't matter. Yeah. It doesn't matter because, yeah, I I don't see myself ever watching that movie again because just <laughs> the way that she moved and you couldn't see her face and, like, she came out of the TV, which everyone has a TV, so no one is safe. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I don't think I, like, slept for a solid 24 hours after I saw that movie. So that's that's definitely, definitely one of mine. That's one of the few, and when I was in my twenties, there wasn't a lot of horror movies that gave me the creeps. I'm, I, I watched, I've watched horror movies since I was a kid, and I had gotten to the point where nothing really gives me the creeps. That movie gave me the creeps; it really did. So, I've actually never seen the American version of The Ring. I've only watched the Japanese version. I know <laughs> it sounds so pretentious, um, but um, <laughs> it's a. Uh, Sumako, I think, in the in the Japanese version, and it, the Japanese film is really interesting because not much actually happens the entire time until the very very end, and it just spends the entire time just putting you on the edge of your seat and making you increasingly uncomfortable and anticipating that something will happen. But it's it's like <laughs> I'm gonna say something super inappropriate. It's like the horror version of edging. Oh god. <laughs> <laughs> Um, but it just, right. it just, put, <laughs> maybe forget I said that. <laughs> um, it just, it's definitely something that like is such a suspenseful, intense experience that you come out of it emotionally and physically exhausted by the end of it. You're just falling off your couch and screaming, which is exactly what I did because it's just nothing, nothing, nothing. And then a sudden shock of violence and it's terrifying. Yeah, and then and then uh, Americans remake it, and they have to and they have to make a sequel out of everything. So we got the Ring Two, which uh, I mean, the Ring Two wasn't terrible, but this this one that they came out with a couple of years ago should not have been made, in my opinion. 
Well, and then there was that whole, I mean, they weren't spinoffs, but then you had like The Grudge, which had a similar sort of feel about it with like the creepy girl or the creepy thing with the hair coming out of places that shouldn't be coming out of places. So I think that kind of added to the whole scare factor for those kinds of movies. Yeah, yeah. And I think Saul Saul came along not long after that and everything after that was torture porn and gore and stuff like that. And that's the that's the way the horror went for a long time. I've, I've noticed recently, uh, like the haunted houses and stuff that open up around Halloween there, a lot of it is not really horror. A lot of it is gore. You know what I mean? I mean, there's a difference between a good horror movie. That's about a monster or a ghost or something like that. And just, let's just watch somebody rip somebody's guts out. (laughs) You know, it's just I don't know. It's just the, the the change in horror over the time, I guess. But uh, John, what about you? Best yeah, best I, monster I, or ghost? I agree with you, Sean. Like I'm not a fan of uh, super gory horror. I much prefer the um, psychological. So that's why my first monster is the thing from John Carpenter. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, this was I I can't guarantee. This is the first movie that that really like scared the shit out of me but it's the first one I remember um, and it's the special effects were um, surprisingly good for, for like to be all practical to be with like what they had to work with um, it was just really I mean because it works on a lot of levels it was it kind of like the ring I mean like there was an actual physical danger but there's also it's really um uh psychologically terrifying because this thing could be anything or anyone and you can't leave and they're tough to kill and you don't know which one it is until you know until you're attacked and um and it looked really really gross so yeah <laughs> <laughs> and and I don't know if this makes you sound more or less pretentious HT but I've seen the American and the Japanese version Oh, and the, <laughs> I see. Yeah, the Japanese version is better, but the, the American version is good too. I have, yeah, I've never seen the Japanese version. I've heard that it's, uh, I've heard that it's scarier, but I don't know. It's like you said, it's it's a different kind of scary. Um, it, it is definitely better than the American version, but the the, the American version is worth seeing probably once. Um. The first exactly one, once if you're Virginia. <laughs> <laughs> the first one I put down on my list is the or are the zombies from Dawn of the Dead. Um, Dawn of the Dead is my favorite of the Romero zombie movies because I mean there's a whole there's a lot of them you know I think I think Romero himself made like six movies or something like that. Dawn of the Dead was the second one. And uh, it's the one where they were in the shopping mall through most of it or whatever. If you want to get technical with all Romero zombie movies, the zombies are not the monsters in those movies. Um, those movies are all about showing that the humans are the monsters. You know, the, the the things that the humans do to each other is worse than what most of the zombies do. You know, the zombies are just the MacGuffin for them to be running away from, you know. And then, like I said, all the stuff that they do to each other is 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 a lot worse. But uh, 
Uh, and I like uh, Nine. Have you guys ever seen uh, Dawn of the Dead? I'm sure you have. I have yes. not. Okay, John, you've seen it, right? Yeah, but it's like Frankenstein. It's forever. Yeah, a long time ago. Uh, they did a. I mean, they did a remake uh, back in like 2004, I think. But the remake shifted and turned the zombies into more of the. 28 days later type zombies where they they run and they're fast and they climb on things and all that kind of stuff. Romero zombies are the walking dead zombies where they're slow, they're coming at you but they don't ever stop, you know. You can get away from one or two of them but you can't get away from 500 of them, you know. And uh that's kind of what this movie is about. They they hold themselves up in the shopping mall and uh just try to wait it out and they're there for months and months and months and uh it's 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 like I said, it's my favorite out of that series. I also like another monster that I put on my list. It are the aliens from Attack the Block, which mm. is a uh, a great kind of sci-fi horror movie that had John Boyega and Jodie Whittaker in it. And I just I picked them because I just love the way they look. They're almost wolf-like. They're covered in hair, but they're so black that they almost look like holes in space you know almost like they're just like negative they're not they're not there you know um but yeah john i know you've seen attack the block because i watched it because you assigned it to me for the show <laughs> <laughs> i have seen it yeah uh yeah good and i think i saw something in my facebook feed about this is a couple of years ago but i think they've actually created a material that is that black um that like absorbs light like that so yeah, because it wasn't really a visual effect. I mean, it, sh- it was a lighting effect because it was practical, which is amazing the way that they did that. I mean, because just using glow-in-the-dark eyes and glow-in-the-dark teeth and then just absolute blackness all around it, you know. So, does anybody else have any uh, any others? What about uh, that? We mostly did monsters. Did anybody have any ghosts? I mean, other than Samara, did you guys have any ghosts? Um... No, but I have more monsters. <laughs> okay, go ahead. <laughs> I'll, I won't. I won't go into them. I'll just list them. Um, uh, the graboids from Trimmers. Yeah. The underwater worm things, because it, 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 like, it, for it to be an action comedy, they were actually kind of scary. Uh, uh, and this isn't from a particular movie. It's from a couple of different movies, but the, the Kraken. Uh, like oh. it's it's it's. Oh yeah yeah. yeah. Once you work your way into the lexicon as the thing to be released, you, you deserve your spot on the list. <laughs> True. Um, I've got, I put on my list um, The Conjuring. Just because, that the, the first Conjuring. It's an overdone franchise now. And since they've added Annabelle into it and all that kind of stuff. But if you just watch that first movie that's a great ghost movie it's not even really a ghost it's a demon but uh supposedly it's based on stuff that actually happened but based on two people that have kind of been proven to be fakes you know um but just as a movie that movie is great there's a lot of jump scares in it which is kind of the norm these days but i thought that there is some there's some truly scary moments in that movie and uh, it's actually my daughter came to me. God, when was this? This was a couple of years ago. So she's 
she's 17 now, so it's probably around when she was about 15, something like that. She came to me about at Halloween, and she said, Dad, I want to watch a scary movie on Halloween. So I'm going in the, and, and kind of thinking in the back of my head, what's a scary movie that I can show her that's not going to traumatize her or something like that? And I'm thinking, like, something classic, something old that's not really going to be scary. No, I want to watch The Conjuring. A bunch of my friends have already watched it, <laughs> and I want to watch it. And so I got to thinking, I was like, well, I don't remember any... I was I was trying to think of something that didn't have a ton of sex because that was the thing in the in the 80s and the 90s. Your horror movie had to be full of sex, you know. And The Conjuring, I couldn't really remember there being any sex in it, and there wasn't a ton of uh, foul language. So I was like, okay, yeah, we'll watch that. <laughs> <laughs> and we got to... Gosh, she got about maybe 30 minutes in, and there was an image of somebody hanging from a tree, and she said, nope. I'm done. Turn it off. <laughs> I was like, okay, yeah. I don't want to have to deal with I'm, the nightmares later. So, I've I've never seen that movie. That's a good, that's a, that that one. You know, they, they they've done two Conjuring movies, and then and then Annabelle is related to it. Uh, both the Annabelle movies and all of that, but that first movie I think is really good. So I recommend it. Um. And the other one I had on my list was The Ring as well. So. All right. Um, if nobody Does has anything anybody else, else have anything else? Oh, I had a worst. You know, we, we usually do best of, but I have I have a worst of. <laughs> okay. <laughs> has anybody ever seen Halloween 3, Season of the Witch? Yes. Yes. Nope. <laughs> I love that Virginia has not seen <laughs> The Conjuring, but she's seen Halloween 3. <laughs> Um, Let me tell you, my stepdaughter and I did a Halloween marathon one year, a few years back, and we watched, I think, Halloween 1 through 4 or something like that, and we were very confused by the third (laughs) one. (laughs) Yeah, because it doesn't have anything to do with the rest of them, because the original plan, they did the first two Halloween movies, which, if you've ever seen all of the Halloween movies, the first two movies are basically the same movie. Mm -hmm. Uh the, the, the second one is just picking up where the first one kind of left off. Um, the third one, they were trying to turn it into a anthology. They wanted to get... They didn't want every movie to be Michael Myers. They wanted every movie... They wanted it to be like The Twilight Zone, and every movie is a completely different story. And so they made Halloween 3, and it didn't have anything to do with Michael Myers. It was about um, cursed masks... You know, they had these Halloween masks that were cursed by a witch. And if the if, if all the kids put the mask on on Halloween and watched a commercial at the same time, then it was going to wake up these uh, demons that lived in Stonehenge or I don't know, something like oh, that. It was, right. it, it was crazy. And they, Buffy did it better. They had this, this uh, if, you, if you watch it now, there's this tune in there, this commercial that sings this little song, and that song will get stuck in your head for a month. So one more day to Halloween, Halloween, <laughs> you know. But it was bad. I think the only <laughs> thing that that tied it into the rest of the series is that they wanted to kind of say that Michael's uh, mask was inhabited by one of these demons or something like that. But I, but they dropped that after that too. So. And then the next one, they just said, you know what? Let's just go back and do another Michael Myers movie. <laughs> Which worked out. 
Um, okay, so the next uh, the next category is the best use of the final girl trope and the scream queen trope. And when I said this on the on the messenger, Virginia, you had never heard of the final girl trope before, right? I had never heard it called that. I, I was familiar with like, oh yeah, the the nice sweet girl who didn't have sex lives to the end. Yeah. Yeah, and that's basically it. I mean, they, they, well, to say that she doesn't have sex, that that's not always true. Sometimes she has it, the least sex because, like true. in like in the movie, it follows the whole the whole plot is that you have to have sex for the for the uh, curse to keep going, and then you know, um, in uh, Scream, you know, Sydney sleeps with her boyfriend in Scream, and. And all that, but uh, but yeah, it's the it's the girl that is basically the hero of the story. She makes it to the end and usually survives. Usually survives at least that movie. Maybe maybe she dies in the sequel or something like that. But um, but yeah, I mentioned uh, Scream. So my first one is uh, Sydney Prescott from the the Scream movies. Uh, I think that movie came out at a perfect time for me because I was in my early 20s and I was really in the horror movies and this was kind of a, a horror movie about horror movies. And uh, Nev Campbell's not really the best actress in the world, but <laughs> but I think she worked for those uh, movies. And I'm, I'm the weird one that enjoyed the series more as it went on and made a two and a three because I love the... Dewey never dies trope and the the Sydney becomes more and more of a loner even though she keeps getting sucked back into this and Richie keeps showing up even for data dumps even though he died in the first movie <laughs> you know that kind of stuff so uh so yeah a scream uh the final girl Sydney Prescott is uh my first my first pick so uh hi Chan what about you um I'm going to go with one of the OG Scream Queens and not really a final girl because she notoriously dies. Um, I guess spoilers for uh, Psycho. Um, <laughs> dies like ten, what, 20 minutes into the film. And that's um, Marion Crane, played by Janet Lee. Uh, and uh, I absolutely love her performance and I love how... Um, unsympathetic she kind of is at the beginning she is a character who basically embezzles her employer and uh goes on the run and run and ends up staying at the Bates Motel where she meets her untimely demise uh, in the iconic shower scene and um it's it's a great scene that no wonder it's considered one of the greatest like scream queen scenes of all time mm -hmm. uh and a Psycho is a movie that really surprised me despite it being so uh like prevalent in pop culture uh, I didn't anticipate exactly how the twist would play out and Psycho is, is such a great movie before that for that and um, Alfred Hitchcock a master at his genre so yes uh, Marion Crane yeah. one of my favorites that that is one of the first quote unquote slasher movies but only two people die in that movie yeah <laughs> you know but that have you ever seen the um, the the biopic that Anthony Hopkins did, where he played Hitchcock? Came out a few years ago. I think I watched the beginning. Okay. And then I didn't finish it, but yeah, I mean, it, 
was it was like a TV movie, right? Or at least like a BBC movie, I think. Yeah, yeah. That, I wasn't, there's, yeah, there's was a right. scene when uh, they get to the point where he's uh, where he actually is at the premiere for Psycho and everything, and they showed that um, when that scene came on, he got up and left the theater. He couldn't sit in the watch. He did not want to uh, be in the audience while the scene was going on. He was just too nervous, so he went outside. And he just stood out there and waited to hear if the audience were going to scream at the right time and all and all that kind mm. of stuff. Because really, I mean, it's for the time, yeah, it was it was terrifying. But you really don't see anything. You never really see her get stabbed. Uh, you see some blood. You see a knife come down. You see a bunch of quick shots and and that classic uh you know yeah the screeching violin yeah yeah. (laughs) which really stood for the you know the the knife itself it's it's such a great uh well-composed scene uh speaking of the Hayes code which you mentioned earlier uh psycho came out like at the tail end of the Hayes codes which was it was kind of being implemented at the time but it was starting to loosen up and psycho was kind of the first wave of films that were basically just um, eschewing the Hayes code altogether because the Hayes code wasn't an official regulation it was something that was like Hollywood self-censoring itself mm-hmm. and psycho was kind of the beginning of a new era of film uh, that would take place in the 70s that was more nudity more blood more violence more anti-heroes so you see that especially with um, with Psycho it's the kind of beginning of an era which is very exciting there was a yeah because there was a big deal because there was a toilet in that scene mm-hmm. <laughs> and that was kind of a no-no you didn't you didn't have a toilet on camera <laughs> yeah no reminder that people have bodily functions yeah yeah exactly Hayes Code is weird. It was so it's so fascinating. I think I did a whole paper about it in college, but it was this just very Puritan code that was almost arbitrary in many ways. Um, what about did, did any of you guys ever watch the uh, the remake that had Vince Vaughn in it and all that? It, I mean, spoiler alert, no, it, it was terrible. Bad. It was terrible yeah. <laughs> because I mean, it wasn't a remake. You know, when you think of a remake, it's like somebody takes the idea, takes the original story, and just makes a new movie using that same story. Uh, Gus Van Zant just reshot the movie because every every shot that Hitchcock did, he did. So he didn't he didn't remake the movie; he just reshot the movie, and it was not good because Vince Vaughn did not was not a convincing as convincing of a character as Anthony Perkins was, you know, and that the movie rests on Anthony Perkins. I mean, if if you don't have Norman right, then you don't have a movie. <laughs> you know. So, all right, what about you, uh, Virginia? Um, well, since since I just mentioned Halloween, I will say Laurie Strode in Halloween played by Jamie Lee Curtis. Um, because she is like that good girl who isn't going to go out and like on Halloween night she's going to babysit and gets really nervous that she's going to get busted smoking pot and stuff and then she ends up surviving and almost killing the bad guy um, all because she didn't have sex yeah yeah (laughs) (laughs) that's how you do it yep and uh, Jamie Lee Curtis um, was uh, Janet Lee's daughter in, in real life you may have said oh, that. Yeah. I don't know. I, I, my, my wife was sending me a message from the other room. So if you said that and then I re- re- repeated it, I'm sorry. No, I didn't. Okay. But I believe uh, 
the newest Halloween movie just came out with Jamie Lee Curtis, mm-hmm. like just this past weekend. I kind of want to go see it. Um, I've, I've heard that it's very good. Yeah, uh, yeah, I want to see it too. Oh uh, yeah, see. I've seen it. It's good. Oh good. Mm-hmm. It definitely ties into the original very much. It kind of does away with most of the sequels, although I haven't seen most of the sequels. But it's both an homage to the original film and um, has a really intriguing exploration of uh, Laurie Strode's trauma and Laurie Strode herself. Hmm. Yeah, it's oh, weird that they it's weird that they chose it because uh, Jamie Lee Curtis was in three of the sequels herself you know she was in halloween 2 and she was in halloween h2o and halloween oh, resurrection yeah. she was actually michael killed her at the beginning of halloween resurrection and and so when i heard oh jamie lee curtis is coming back i was like how could she come back he killed her <laughs> you know <laughs> but all right john what about you um well you guys have already uh named most of the ones on my list. You said Jamie Lee Curtis. You said Sydney from Scream. Um, I will go with a uh, newer addition, uh, Casey Cook, who is the uh, the final girl from Split. Okay. Uh, who um, survives, in fact, because she is the least innocent. <laughs> <laughs> Because the killer considers her worthy to to inhabit his this new world that he's trying to create, because she is uh, she is not naive, she's not um, innocent or, or untainted. I guess is probably how you would put it. Um, I just thought that was I thought that was interesting. I, I was I was happy to see a good movie from uh, M Night once again. Um, and I, and I thought it was an interesting take on the on the on the trope, so that's why she's on my list. I'm really looking forward to seeing Glass. I'm looking forward to seeing what they what they do with that. <laughs> I saw that's the really helpful. Yeah, they made it. They made a new trailer. They had a new trailer that just came out, and I saw it the other day when I went to see uh, Venom, and it was it looks it looks pretty good. I like it. But we'll see. I don't know. <laughs> M. Night does not have the best track record with following up on good stuff. You know, Split was good, but so was The Sixth Sense. And then the next movie that he made after The Sixth Sense was, was it The Village or Signs? Either way, it was not as um, good as The Sixth Sense. It's kind of making a comeback right now, though. People are starting to to forgive him now. Split was so good. Um the visit was was actually not bad, even though it had some pretty cringeworthy moments. And um, purposely now... cringeworthy, or I'm like, sorry, purposely cringeworthy. No, not pr- not purposefully. Oh. Yeah, there's some pretty <laughs> bad moments. Uh, but it was overall, it was a great, it was a surprisingly um, compelling film. And uh, I think he's kind of on the upswing now. At least that's what that's what film film community is saying. Yeah, that they're excited about. After these messages, we'll be right back. So what's Captain Game Show? Well, the short answer is it's a podcast. The long answer is it's a lighthearted trivia wordplay thunderdome. I call this game Dark and Gritty Kids. Natural Show. Born Sequel. What's my motivation? Epic Bird Play. Advertising 10101. Rhyme Cast. Mr. Dalek. 
life coach. I'll come up with games, and my guests come up with answers. He's got to put down the ducky if he wants to play the saxophone. Born monogamy. Wolfgang Puck is Darkwing Duck. Big Rimlock is Tupac. My little pony friendship is Magic Mike. Correct. <laughs> <laughs> There's also improv, music, and an inordinate amount of rhyming. Good night, John Travolta, with Klingon like hair. Good night, 3% rating. <laughs> you're tough, but you're fair. You can find Captain Game Show on CosmicPotato.com. We're also on iTunes, Stitcher, and wherever else you normally get your podcasts. Round one, round two, final round. What? I don't know where this is going, but I like it. Attention, people of Earth. There's a new podcast on the Cosmic Potato Network. You should check out. It's called Wait, You've Never Seen. I'm Shane. And I'm Virginia, and I have no idea what that was. I'm so sorry for the old-timey voice. I can't promise it won't happen again, though. So, Virginia and I will be taking turns watching movies that one of us has never seen. Because I grew up under a rock and have a lot of catching up to do. I am uncultured. So Virginia will be showing me musicals and old-timey movies. Again, we can be heard on the Cosmic Potato podcast network and on our website at waityouveneverseen.com see you then howdy 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 ho howdy 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 hey Listen, girl, I'm not like all these other fellas. <laughs> it's close to midnight. Something evil's lurking in the dark. Under the moonlight, you see a sight that almost stops your heart. You try to scream. Um, all right, so the, the, the last category that we were going to talk about is uh, scenes that were filmed from the monster or from the killer's point of view. Uh, John, this one was uh, your idea. Why don't you start us off? Yeah, I realized that um, I should have thought of something. <laughs> <laughs> like before, I, I mean, like I, I had... I this is why I should write things down because I had like ideas when I like before I suggested it and then we're like okay you're doing the best at the show I was like oh wait I got a good suggestion but I couldn't remember what the ideas are but that being said I'm giving it some thought I'm giving it some thought so um and I'm just gonna go through the list I'll go fast um the predator from the predator uh terminator when he's got his little menu options of things to respond uh, I'm not gonna say it. It's not worth the bleep, but you know what I'm talking about. Um, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Jaws point of view, the girl from the from under the water, mm-hmm. and the two I think that don't get the credit they deserve. Uh, Hal nine Hal two thousand Hal nine thousand from a uh, two thousand one. 
because you, I mean it's just a glowing circle it's just a little red circle so there's, there's no emoting aside from the voice and there's not even really emoting in the voice um, but seeing things from his point of view that the very it puts you in the sense of, of the stark calculation that the uh, that the entity is 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 uh, enacting and I don't even know what you call it I guess you would just call it the evil dead from the evil dead movies where basically when he just he's they just throw a camera through the woods <laughs> yeah <laughs> and, and and make it chase after ash and it, it splits trees and it knocks over stuff and it it, he always seems to outrun it, but the fact that you don't even know what it is, I, I, I think it's great. It's just evil. It's some non-corporeal, maybe smoky, maybe monstrous-ish, possibly just generalized evil. And it and it's 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 a really fun um, way to do that, uh, to do a chase and. It's been imitated, you know, a billion times, but it's it's yeah the the um, the no budget innovation <laughs> of a uh, of a smart filmmaker is uh, worth its weight in gold. All right, hi uh, Tam, what about you? Uh, we've been talking a lot about Halloween this episode, and I'm gonna go with Halloween, the um, first killing by Michael Myers uh, is seen from the point of view of his mask through like little, well, it's not his mask, it's more of the, the, sh- the holes in his sheets right, yeah. that he cuts. And um, it's a very voyeuristic perspective that uh, is feels unusual for, um, that feels almost like exploitative, like exploitation movie-esque. And uh, it's, it's, it's good. It's very, it's very disturbing and weird. And you, it, shows up again throughout the film where you see a lot of the persp- the the action from his point of view and along with his heavy breathing that uh, I think makes an appearance again in several other uh, Halloween films. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Alright. Um, Virginia, what about you? Um, I could really only think of two, which was Michael Myers in Halloween and then the shark in Jaws. I, while y'all were talking, I was thinking maybe the maybe the birds and birds you kind of see them from a bird's eye view, but I don't know if you ever see them like dive bombing into people or anything. <laughs> but that, it's hard to think of of movies that where a scene has been shot from the the killer's perspective. To me, anyway. I've got I've got two. One of them we've already talked about the the movie anyway. But Psycho had some pretty good point of view. Uh, imagery, especially in that shower scene, and then you know, there's the scene where he's watching her through the hole in the wall. Which, which, yeah. by the way, the rumor has it that's a thing that Hitchcock, Hitchcock actually did. <laughs> so the whole the whole thing where he uh, uh, he had uh, a bigger hole on his side than the than the little pinhole that he was looking through on the other side. That was a Hitchcock thing, you know, so that he could get the the angle <laughs> you know all that kind of stuff so it's kind of sick and perverted but anyway um which they did a lot of that again in psycho 2 which they made 
like four psycho movies that had Anthony Perkins in them. Um, and the, the other three are all like they came out in the eighties and early nineties and stuff. And they're pretty much what you think they are. You know, they're not great, but the second one had some moments in it that, that are, you know, pretty noteworthy kind of callbacks to the, to the original. Um, and then like the shower scene, uh, they kind of did the same thing that they did with Jaws where the whole thing is not from his point of view. It's just flashes. You know, we see her in the shower. She's taking a shower. She's getting in the shower, all this kind of stuff. And then a flash of him coming in the room, you know, from his point of view. And then they show her doing this, then doing this, and then another flash, you know, and, and stuff like that. So, um, And also, this is not a horror movie. It's a fantasy movie, but the never-ending story. Um, there's a scene where the wolf monster, that I can't remember his name right now, is coming through the forest. The big beast. What? The Garuk. The Garuk. Something like that. Yeah, it starts with a G. I know. But he's coming through the forest and doing the same thing like like what you were saying, John, where he's just just blasting through the woods and knocking trees out of the way and stuff like that. And and he comes out and then Atreyu's waiting for him sticks a dagger through his heart or a spike through his Gamora. heart or something. The Gamora. Yeah. Oh, okay. I'm looking it up now. But I feel <laughs> confident. But that is a, uh, that's a memorable scene for me. And then, you know, they've also got the scene where... Atreyu is going through the um, the gateway with the big sphinx statues on either side. Virginia, hi, Chan. Have you ever seen The NeverEnding Story? Yeah. I was actually a while ago, so... Yeah. Yeah, I don't remember much of it. So he's going through um, the gateway, and the, the whole thing is that you have to... You have to go through this gate without any fear in your heart, or these statues will sense your fear and they will blast you with like lasers coming out of their eyes and stuff. And, uh, and so when he's walking through, he starts to get afraid and the statue starts to open their eyes and th- you see a tray through their eyes and stuff, you know? So that's pretty cool. Okay. That's uh. does anybody have any, any other ones they want to add? Any honorable mentions or anything like that? Nope. Nope. No. Everybody's done. All right. Mm. <laughs> um, I guess that's uh, that's gonna do it for our special uh, Halloween episode of the podcast. I want to thank everybody for being here. Hi, Chan. Thank you very much for being here. Thanks for having me again. And uh, let everybody know where they can find you. Uh, you can find me at on Twitter at htranbui, and you can find the Millennial Falcon at Falcon Podcast on Twitter. And you can find her in Queens. Soon. Yes. Soon. In Queens. Soon to be in Queens. Soon. <laughs> All right. And Virginia, thank you for being you can... here. <laughs> thank you. <laughs> I was jumping, jumping the gun. <laughs> Where can they find you? You can find my Star Trek for Beginners blog at To Casually Go, and you can find the podcast that I co-host with my boyfriend here on the Cosmic Potato Network, uh, Wait You've Never Seen, where we watch movies that one of us has never seen. All right, and John, as always. Yeah, man. Where can they find you? Uh, I am here on the uh, the Cosmic Potato Show, the actual Cosmic Potato, the Cosmic Potato Network, as well as on uh, Captain Game Show, where I um, torment my friends. <laughs> <laughs> 
All right, and uh, I want to I want to thank everybody for listening. Make sure you come over to CosmicPotato.com. Check out all the other shows on the network because we've got some good ones. Have a great and safe Halloween, and be sure to join us next time on Cosmic Potato, the Super Fan Talk podcast, when you might hear John say. So I recently um, remembered that I uh, had a, a a website or a blog years ago where I would do uh, haiku Mondays with some friends. So I'm going to read a few from uh, one of the weeks. The topic was a few of my favorite things. So I'm going to read you like three of these haiku. Discovering cash in laundry pockets. It's like getting paid for chores. <laughs> yes, I'm a grown man, but a swivel chair spin still makes me smile inside. <laughs> the start of autumn, when the world puts its feet up after a long day. Nice. Yeah. Nice. <laughs> <laughs> Be sure you like us on Facebook and follow us on Twitter. You can contact us by email at mail at cosmicpotato.com or send us a voicemail or text message to 205-642-8380. Help the show grow by giving us a five-star rating on iTunes. Thank you for joining us for Cosmic Potato, the Super Fan Talk Podcast.